Welcome everybody back to Tech Talks. I am Victor Matthews here with Julie, and uh, we have a this week just uh, general tidbits here and there. Um, good for the average consumer kind of to know. Um, nothing super advanced or crazy this week. Sounds good. And um, should we go ahead and start with the article I just read or was just yeah you just about? sent me yeah yeah go for it okay so I saw a headline about Google Photos and um, I use that app so I thought I'd read it but then I was a little confused and wanted to double check with Victor because according to this article it was saying something about whenever you share the link for photos in Google Photos it shares all the metadata, like the geolocation, and that that could potentially not be safe. Like, um, you're just meaning to share like a photo, for example, and you're now sharing like your house location with whomever you're sharing that photo with, for example. And um, so the inherent risks there are pretty obvious. But my question was, the article, the way it presented it going through settings, it didn't say through the settings that it was specifically just for the link sharing, it kind of sounded to me like it was going to sh just sh completely shut off the gathering of that metadata, including the geolocation, which I like that when we take pictures, Google keeps that metadata. I, I think it's fun sometimes to be like, oh yeah, where did I take this? And for my own interest to be able to pull up and see, oh, I took it at this date, at this time, at this location. Really like that. So I don't want to get rid of that, but I definitely see the article's point, that author's point about not wanting to always share that. And so can you elaborate and clarify? Yeah. So uh, I just pulled it up here and the settings in the Google Photos. You have remove geolocation and it says right here, removes oh. photos and videos uh, that, that you, sh you share by link from photos and videos that you share by link, but not by other means. Oh, and, okay. So it is just when you share it by link. Oh, I don't know if it's... It's not focusing. Yo, oh, well. <laughs> it's like focused on us back here, which is better anyways. Um, so mm. if you want... Uh, so yeah, when you turn that option on in photos, it won't uh, stop gathering that information because that information isn't even gathered by photos, Google Photos. It's, it's not. Uh, it's gathered by the camera app. Oh, which is a separate, oh, I forget that kind of detail on me. So you would have to turn it off in the camera app if you want to turn off geolocation altogether. I see. Okay, so then to, sh uh, to turn off the sharing of your geolocation or link shared images, you go through settings, and then is it just In the Google settings? Photo apps, yeah, it's just you open up settings, and then it'll be right there. Uh, just a quick scroll down and it'll say remove geolocation. All right. Oh, one other thing from that article that caught my attention. So Victor often calls the three lines. So backing up even further. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> on phones, instead of words, they use those pictures, the hieroglyphic things. And there's the three dots, like an ellipses, which is pretty, pretty understandable. But there's the three lines that for a long time, my brain just would like ignore them. And it took a really long time for me to get used to the idea that that's like a list. And then you would call it a sandwich or a sandwich board. 
yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I referred to it as like, yeah, a sandwich or a burger or whatever. Side note, this But that was article, just like a small. <laughs> this article called it a hamburger, and yeah. I thought that was interesting because I'd never heard that. And I'm like, it doesn't look at all like a hamburger. Hamburgers have curves on the top, and this is three straight lines, and there are lots of things that have three straight lines. But a hamburger is not one of them. It is literally, it is specifically <laughs> a menu list. Like that's what it is. Like uh, depicting is just a, a just a menu, right? So, but it's taking that idea of menu and compacting it into trying to make it into a visual cue. Yeah. That hopefully for those that are visually inclined, it. And then sometimes they have the three dots. Up on top of Which each other. Which just means more. An ellipsis like means that there's something omitted. There's something more, and so that makes sense to me. But the three lines, like, because that the three lines is often get... used as like a main menu, while the three dots are used as like a sub menu. So like, if you uh, Google uh, uh, Gmail is actually a good example of this. On the left side, you have where you want to see your inboxes. You can hide that, and it'll be three menus. But then when you're in an email. And then you want to reply, they also have the three dots next to it hmm. to show that there's more to that instead of using the same menu button to show that there's a drop down there. So usually the three lines are kind of like the overarching menu for the program. And then the three dots are for like an individual action that you're working on. Fair enough. That's general rule. Every programmer, every program has its own rules, but typically uh the way like the world works helps create this guideline of how it is nice when work. there's consistency and so again now that i've gotten used to the three lines and i think having a label you calling it a sandwich mm -hmm. i've now whenever i see it i say oh it's a sandwich yeah and i can at least associate that but before that i was like this an M would be more helpful to me because M stands for menu, but it's fine. I'm getting used to it, and I know it's it, it can be more efficient space-wise, especially for pictures. Some pictures, but again, once if they get so that there is a consistent, more universal representation of um, icons, I think that's part of my problem with emojis at this point, too, is there's... A lot of ambiguity in emojis and um so many people like there are those social um new meanings for some of them i'm definitely not up on all of that and yeah emojis are a bit weird because you there's essentially i'd say two different emoji meanings depending on who you're talking to yeah well, at the least two yeah, well, there's other people that come up with some random reason of why they do it, but there's generally two populations of people. There's people that use emojis all the time, and then there's people that don't use emojis. That really. seldom do. Yeah, that yeah. seldom do. And they and they have different dialects in their emoji uses right. between the two, but they're pretty consistent within those two realms. So, like, a person that uses emojis all the time, you they have a very, like, their emoji meanings... Uh, between each person that use them are going to be pretty similar well but it will be very different from somebody that doesn't use emojis that often and but between the people that don't use emojis that often they actually tend to have a very similar meaning 
I wouldn't bifurcate the division here. I would say it's a much bigger um, That's difference. In general, people. like sure. yeah, there's gonna be some sure. outliers here and there, but yeah, in no, general. But I'm I'm meaning even things like the brown swirl. A lot of people think that it it means poo, but like it was intended to mean yeah. chocolate ice cream. But not yeah, one hundred percent of the people. And now even in the not official even in the official really? emoji they movie. It. Yeah. Even in the official emoji emoji okay. movie, it is All right. I think it was also acted by um Patrick Stewart. Or Patrick Stewart. Uh, I don't He was a poop. If I'm not mistaken. I haven't watched the movie yeah. myself, but I'm pretty sure that was Well, moving the on case. from here. What what were the topics you had for today? All right, so back to the notes list. So we were talking last time about HTTPS. Yeah, because I just learned that that means secure. Yeah, so the HT is so when you go onto a website, usually put on www dot whatever whatever. Yeah, and then it automatically adds in once you hit enter the HTTP. Protocol. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, P means protocol. So HTTP is essentially the language of uh, it, what, it, how it reads, or how the computer reads stuff. Um, it's like it, all there's. I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Right. So is it essentially just a? a uh, it stands for hypertext transfer protocol. Like, something like that um and what it, but when you have the s added to it the s means it's secure and what that what that means is that the there's a certificate on the server side um that is acknowledging that there is a secure connection between you and uh, the client you and the server that you are connecting to as in that it, it's verified as you're accessing it. yeah so okay. it, when you see when you see that that https you can be sure that it has a certificate which a lot oh, yeah it, it kind of uh, adds legitimacy to the site that you're on cool. it's not 100 percent guaranteed to save you from any bad sites but it's a good sign and it's yeah. an interesting fact to know something i never knew um then just uh, random things kind of here and there throughout the, the past uh, couple weeks because um, we uh, had like... the Apple uh, Apple announcement, and mm -hmm. so that kind of delayed this. But over the past couple weeks, there's been some interesting things that, uh, you know, general consumers might, it might just go over their heads. Uh, for instance, Google Express, the Google, sh uh, the Google uh, app where people would purchase things, they they rebranded to Google Shopping. So if you had Google Express and you don't see it anymore, it is because it is now Google Shopping. Nothing else has changed. Uh, mm -hmm. It used to be pretty much. It used to seem like uh, be Google trying to. I don't know if they were trying to do like kind of an Amazon thing or whatever. Uh, but they they was initially pitched as like you can buy things on this and somebody will deliver it to you that day mm. and uh 
and you can get things within a couple hours. But that's not the case. Not anymore. Well, there are some things, but not anymore. That's not the focus. Now it's more of a, a generalized shopping center where you can just search and it will link items uh, that you search for based off of the places that have them. So and then you, you're essentially shopping multiple locations at once a broader a broader yeah. pickings than just amazon does it source from places like amazon as well well i say I, like but i i guess i was meaning also including like big competitors like amazon or does it source specifically from other but i think it mostly sources from uh or from first businesses like yeah. in the area oh from your area then yeah huh so if you're searching for something like uh like laundry detergent and it'll show like target you know six miles away or whatever you can order it from there okay i i really haven't used google express i think i put one work order through google express but i didn't even follow through with the checkout it was somewhere mm -hmm. i have no 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 report really one way but I think it does still search the broader internet too. If it is something that you like, is not a local. That well, it, that was it was for yeah. uh, foam rolling pins for rolling on. Yeah. Yeah, and so it it'll pretty much it it just looks for the item that you are looking for, and then sources businesses that sell it, and then you can buy directly from Google Express, and then it purchases from the business or however it does it and then gets shipped to you. So that's Google Express or now Google Shopping is uh, the new branding of it. All right. Uh, you mentioned actually, you noticed that you were using your Google News Feed and it had a video on there oh. and you weren't able to interact with yeah. the video like you wanted to. Oh, that was so annoying. Yeah. So Google News, sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to jump in, but You're I was good. really annoyed because I'm so used to using the YouTube app and being able to leave a YouTube video we'll going start with in the also, background. Google News is if you have like an Android phone, when you swipe to the right, it brings up the Google News feed so that you, um, so it just gives up a bunch of news and that's what we're talking about here. Sometimes it's news like not real news but you it's i don't know i'm not crazy fond of their algorithms and i their whole completely eliminate this topic or this source is a little annoying i just wish they had better curation anyways that's besides the point back to the youtube thing if you happen to click on um a news article that <laughs> but a news article <laughs> um it's actually a youtube video that has a youtube video or that is a youtube video it doesn't act like a regular youtube video from a, the youtube app you can't play it in the background you can't like turn off your screen and keep listening to that news clip that's a feature that we only have as youtube premium subscribers oh i didn't know that sorry <laughs> so apparently also if you have YouTube Premium, you can listen to your YouTubes with your screen off. Yeah. As if it's just like a, an audio and not waste your screen life. I didn't know that was. Oh. Anyways, so, so yeah. she runs into a video uh, that is a YouTube video on the Google News feed, and they then she tries interacting with it but can't interact with it like she wanted to. And by interact, he means 
ignore the visual of it and just have it playing in the background yeah. i couldn't do that so but the underneath at the video where it says to um expand expand the screen to make it full screen there's also a little word youtube to let you know where this video is coming from and i taught her you that, can click that yeah you can click on it's that it's a hyperlink and it brings you to the video on youtube so who'd have known she wanted to everybody to know <laughs> that you can do that in case you don't know that i had no idea but i also have a tendency to overlook hyperlinks because if it doesn't look like that like blue with the underlining not like a very obvious hyperlink in the traditional sense i don't notice it's that or if it's like sometimes some websites will have like buttons but there's no rectangle around it so it's just a word on the screen and without that defined space of knowing where to click, I'm just like, there is nothing. To this happened with the McDonald's app. For a long time, I couldn't use the McDonald's. I, I couldn't figure out how to place orders because it wasn't in a rectangle. And I was like, just scrolling up and yeah, down. Rectangles words, are pretty like... old school. It looks very 90s. Most, <laughs> most things don't use that system For those anymore. that aren't visual processors, it helps having those visual boundaries. Outside of submit. Submit button is the only <laughs> button that I think actually ever has a box. Usually most websites for their blinks and their uh, buttons, they don't have any uh, like boxes. I say we bring back the boxes. Universal divine design. It looks it looks very way. retro I 90s. I don't care about the aesthetic. I care about the function. We're talking Everyone should be able to tell what this is for. Go back to universal design. Like, don't get rid of the boxes. Most people understand. Most people figure Most it out. Most people I work with would not, do not understand. You have a very specific clientele there, though. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Specific, perhaps. But... They do have. They, they do have also uh, websites. Um, what's very coming becoming more and more popular though is uh, integrating websites with um, the ability to be read by bots, um, making it easier for integrations such as. Uh, um, being uh, uh, such as though I can't think of accessibility integrations. That's what it is. Hmm. So, for instance, like if they want the website to be read to them, that well, is nice. Yeah, like have, being able to have a website that is readable for the computer to help with people that need the accessibility of websites being read to them, and then that also denotes buttons and links and things. And that is really great. This is kind of a side note, but it's still staggering to me. Like this has already come up this year. People still don't realize that voice to text is widely available for free to everyone. All you need is a Google email account. Like that's free to make, make a Gmail account. And then you use the Google Drive. In Google Drive, one of the apps is the Google Docs. Google mm -hmm. Docs has free voice to text. Um, this is something that I commonly, very often, recommend for my students. And oftentimes parents will be like, where do we get this? Or like, oh, that'd be great if we could use it at home. And it's like, you can, do, it's in Google Docs. Everyone has it, it's free now, it's great. Yeah. Thanks, Google. Um, the voice to text, I remember back 
in my college days. Dragon naturally speaking days. Yeah, the dragon. <laughs> my language today is. The dragon software. That was $200 software. Now it's built into Windows. You don't have to teach it your specific voice anymore now either. Yeah, it's built into Windows. It's built into Mac. It's built into your phones. It's built into uh, a lot of softwares, including Google Docs. Um, I actually have not seen the newest uh, Word docs from Microsoft, but I imagine that it also might be built into there already too. I would hope so, but it might not be. I, again, I would hope so because it is, be it is it's a, again, it's a universal design thing that's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. It increases the accessibility significantly for a lot of people. That's a big so if you uh, have questions on how to activate it, uh, most of the time a quick Google search will teach you how to activate it on Windows, activate it on Mac, or activate it on your phone. Touching on icons for a second, that um, the icon for the microphone is like that oval, like an old school microphone, which is kind of funny. And um, it looks nothing like, like this kind of microphone, certainly not. It's like this, but standing well, it's up. It's like the like, oval. Yeah, they still have. Um, I think the Yeti very much has that design. The Yeti microphones. I don't know Yeti, but at any rate, besides the point, mm -hmm. my favorite is the floppy disk picture being the um, save icon still, and perhaps forevermore. Yeah. Which we get. I. I mean, I remember that was what we were using when I was young. But I think a lot of younger kids the newer generations that are born now and forevermore the floppy disk picture will be one of those hieroglyphics that they're just not really sure what it's supposed to be they just know it's a save icon yeah i guess once they learn it uh next up is oh i did have a quick you can look yeah for what is thing. it is there a difference between a link and a hyperlink? Is a, a hyperlink you can click and it'll take you there, but is a link just like what you would copy and paste? Yeah, a link difference? is specifically the uh, the URL or wherever it's but you like can't the click full it. thing. No, it's, uh, I mean, you just can click. Just a link click. you can click? You can click a link, or, or uh, but a high, uh, like it, the link is literally just the full text of where you're going. Mm -hmm. And then a hyperlink is when you hide that behind a word or whatever. Oh, so you can. Oh, I see. So it either way, a link or a hyperlink, you can click on. Mm -hmm. But oh, yeah. yeah. So when they say like click on the link here, and they give like the full text of like what you're or going when they're to. like um, strategies for this, yeah. and the word this is blue, then that's a hyperlink versus. And you can click on it to go to what they're referring. Yeah. That's always nice. All right. And uh, sorry for sidetracking You're so much. You're good. Uh, da, da, da. Okay, so uh, this was an interesting tidbit over the past few weeks. Uh, LastPass is a um, password saving software. Pass. Yeah. And what it does is it records your password so that you don't have to constantly remember it and uh it's very much like google chrome's already built-in system i think even uh microsoft has it built in has a password saver built in so i'm not exactly sure why people use LastPass because it's uh, it's, it's not no more secure it's just adding in one more yeah app. it's just another app that does the same thing as you're either most people are either using explorer or edge or google google chrome 
and I don't know if Firefox, Firefox would be the other competitor um, to that. Firefox and what about Apple? Apple Safari would be the last one, but most people on Apple still use Google Chrome, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, but Safari and Firefox would be the other two. I don't know whether they have it built in. I would assume so. Uh, but the majority of people use uh, Windows at least. So tell us about LastPass. Well, LastPass apparently had a bug in there uh, that was that if people knew about it, they could. Um, oh, I say, I, if I remember correctly, the LastPass bug, there was something to, to do with the caching, where it wasn't caching properly, and people could access your passwords via an old cache link. If, let me see if I still have the article. Yeah, I'm not really entirely sure the roundabout direction, what you're saying how to get in, but what it sounds like is if you are using this to protect your passwords, you may have been at risk for having your passwords accessed by someone else. Yeah, there was essentially a bug in LastPass. Uh, Google announced that the, um, they, uh, that they found it because Google is constantly monitoring apps. Yeah, and uh, they found that there was like a cached uh, bug that um, was describing it. By the time they, when Google does this, they tell the company first. The company mm -hmm. has uh, several days to figure it out, get it fixed, Sweet. and patch it. So by the time we heard of it, it was probably already patched. But it is like nonetheless something that definitely there was, of note. Yeah, something of note to put in, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Things happen like that. That uh, goes back to our previous uh, talk of the Google um, password checker. That there was a Chrome extension that you can use that checks to see whether that your password and your login information on the site that you're in has been added to a list that they have of stolen passwords and login informations. And so that it will tell you if this password and login information combo has been used or has been stolen, and so that you can prompt you to change your password. And that's automatic? This is if you have it, uh, the extension installed on Chrome. Oh, okay. You have to get the extension. It's a uh, Chrome password. Uh, see, I, you'd have to go back to that previous tech talk where we talked about it. Fair enough. All right. And the Google Home ecosystem has uh, a, a, there was a bit of controversy after Google Home has taken over Nest. Nest was uh, previously an independent company that was building security devices such as doorbells, cameras, uh, just different things for your home. Uh, very similar to Ring. I don't know if you heard Ring, but like a doorbell with a little camera on it that was connected to the internet that you could, so that when... To basically adjust the electronics in your house, like your lighting, your yeah. heating, your thermostat, things that way, right? Yeah, Nest had that. So Google, uh, Nest uh, ended up becoming, partnering with Google uh, very early on when it came to their Google Assistant. The Nest apps started working with Google Assistant and then eventually Google just bought Nest and now, they, now they're in 
incorporating the two different uh, co uh, companies together. And one problem that has occurred, though, is old Nest users are going to have their essentially they're going to have a fork in the road they're either going to have to continue with their current nest system the way they have it and uh the and apparently this has something to do with uh their the login security or something to do with their account but what what's happening is they if they keep their current nest setup as it is there's a chance that it won't ever get updated again because mm -hmm. Google's switching over everything to a new platform and some mm -hmm. devices might not work with it some third-party apps that w usually work with nest mm -hmm. won't work with it anymore and they're not doing like a trade-in or anything it doesn't seem to be that seems like you if you can either switch your account to the new Google ver version um, or not, and if you oh, it's don't, your account. It's not the hardware that well. Will be some compatible? hardware might not be compatible anymore. Oh. Um, and so you either have to keep your current setup as it is. Some person was uh, indicating that they had like a software program that uh, they had they paid for, and it created like routines for them. So not only did they just do one, like they could just do one thing on the Nest app, and everything would happen. So, like, they open the garage door and it turns on the thermostat and does everything. Yeah. And it was, uh, and that software wouldn't work in the new Google system because it mm. was a third-party app that was connecting to the Nest system. But I think doesn't Google have that now? Because I know, like, Google Assistant has that. You would have to. Um, I don't know how detailed it is if it works for that specific situation. Um, but yeah, Google Assistant does have like a routines feature. Mm. Um. They, but this is mostly the problem is you, the people that have invested in Nest already are having troubles because they might not want to switch over to the right. new Google system. Yeah. But then that means that their old system is going to get old and less secure over time. Yeah. A outdate. I would imagine. Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of an erupt road for the, the mm -hmm. original adopters uh, of that. What's up next? Next up is uh, another Google thing. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Google. <laughs> the recent, Last today. week was Apple, so it's... Last I guess week was Apple. Come. There's the other week. Uh, the week before is the year of Microsoft. And then uh, this week, it's uh, Google. Um, so Google Fi has announced mm -hmm. uh, an unlimited plan and mm. 45 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and web. And do they throttle your data? After I think it was after the same. Uh, they said that video stream at 480p, and that after I can't remember how much data it was. There was a there was a threshold of data though. Essentially, and might then they have throttle been, it, just and then like they most throttle plans. it. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, that's. I think it was like seven gigs or something. Like that. That's at least Verizon or maybe 17 and things, so. um, Straight Talk. I know both do that. I think most companies Yeah, do. most companies with Unlimited Plan at some point have some sort of throttling. Where that they, they make your data come slow. It's yeah, not as fast. Not the as bandwidth fast. As in, but you have to reach a pretty high threshold for that. Well, it's usually about 10 gigs, right? It's, it's either... 
10 gigs or 20 gigs. I, I can't remember. It's somewhere in there. Well, that is nice, though, that Google, uh, yeah, no, Google Fi is having that unlimited, unlimited as an option. Some people, yeah, because some people just want an unlimited. And uh, previously, they tried uh, maxing out the your bill i think at um because before when they originally came out their plan was scaling so the more you mm -hmm. use the more and then it, they're like all right well i mean obviously some people don't want to pay several hundred dollars on their yeah, bill because wasn't it like ten dollars for one mega or giga one gigabyte for ten dollars okay and so they eventually capped bills at like 75 bucks per line uh, but now they're just having a general unlimited plan, which you can pay $45 for. And so when it comes to the actual pricing strategy versus the unlimited plan, the regular price is $20 for the service for unlimited talk and text, and then $10 per gigabyte of data. So with your general plan, you would need uh, about three and a half gigs of data usage in order to make it worth getting three and a half i thought it, you said 20 uh, and 20. then 45 yeah, and so half. it would be yeah two, two and, and a half, half gigs of data um being used on a monthly basis in order to reach that 45 dollars where it that would be more plan. yeah uh, where it'd be more consistently using the two and a half and hitting 45 dollars per month anyways yeah there is though a caveat if you are on a family plan you are then at a $15 talk and text. Mm, yeah. Except for the first line. So then it's the three. And then gigs. it would be three gigs, yeah, that you would have to consistently reach in order to make it worth the $45. So, quick uh, summary of that. Yeah. And. Uh, the, the... Oh. Speaking of Microsoft, though, we, we were talking about the other day, and I'm I'm you testing like some new Microsoft uh, things that because I'm kind of learning more about the features that Windows has incorporated in Windows 10 to see how they jive now because Windows uh, for a while has not had the best operating systems like Windows okay. after Windows 7, um, it ne like Windows 7 eventually got pretty dated and didn't have a lot of features that were modern to the new modern world with uh, cloud things and with phones and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm sorry to jump in here, but I wanna ask a few questions. So they did some weird jumping with their names. They went from Windows 7 straight to Windows 10, right? No. Was it Millennium in there somewhere? I, like, no, this is part Millennium of Millennium was problem. 2000. Well, yeah, but they, they, their names have no consistent pattern, which makes it very impossible mm. to remember what order they came out in. And so it seems really, like, impossible for a consumer, just like your average consumer, who's not highly interested in technology, to have any idea of the relatability between how modern or how dated one of the operating systems from them is. It seems like such a mm -hmm. simple thing that would have significantly at least improved like just the understanding of the things. Question specifically around Windows 7. Is that older than Windows 10? Yes. Okay, at least that was... The order of the numbers <laughs> still makes sense. Okay. Um, 
10 was the one where they did all the boxes and like they tried to shift to more like picture less word oriented right that was windows 8 all right i give up you you okay. talk about this i don't know enough so i'm so confused already uh, uh, brief history uh we'll just go back to windows 7 we won't go further back than that windows 7 uh ended up and i think continue is still the most you widely used operating system of windows yeah or in general of all operating systems. in general of all operating systems too oh. but of windows as well and when was that when did seven come out seven came out uh let me check a while ago when did windows seven come out yeah a long time ago here's some details 2009 oh, a decade ago yeah so wow. windows 7 came out back in 2009 and it's still okay go on um and it was a good operating system it was a, a good upgrade from windows i think xp was the the one before that <laughs> xp means i i don't know what um it was uh, so back before in the 2000s naming things by number wasn't the cool thing to do um so windows maybe it wasn't even actually maybe it was windows 2000 like it matters move on anyways sorry that's <laughs> okay uh they before that it, it was a good logical jump it improved the system uh it was a lot smoother compatible with uh a lot of things it improved upon windows explorer or internet explorer which uh was at the time the most common browser used and um most programs were b uh, built based off of internet explorer and you'll see a lot of in the corporate world many programs are still based off of internet explorer because they don't want to rewrite for any new systems hmm. and uh so windows 7 came out great operating system i really liked it you are either windows or apple based off of whatever you liked um then the windows uh, then kind of the world hit this new smartphone uh cloud-based like this whole world of apps and uh something that actually apple was kind of already on top of for a while at that point um but the rest it kind of exploded with the rest of the world with google coming out with like good android phones apple coming out with better iphones like uh, apple focusing on their app stores and i thought wait i might have missed something you said wasn't the blackberry the first like smartphone um they, what is this i don't even know what qualifies a, a blackberry was a very advanced phone it wasn't considered a smartphone in the sense that we call smartphones today it was internet it was an connected. internet connected phone but now that i'm thinking about it even like my old sliding whatever that yeah, called. there was that a lot was of a other internet connected phones, capable. but the yeah, it was an internet connected phone. It did do a lot, uh, like it could. Oh, it did browse. a lot of PDA stuff. I think that was what made yeah. it a little separate from the phones of that age. Exactly, it accessed internet and did PDA and phone. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Now back to your thing. Um, so back to so the world blew up with a whole new kind of ecosystem of technology right and windows ver way of doing things 
became kind of old uh, when it came to you go to websites and download like their apps and stuff like that. Like people started using app stores and people started uh, using proprietary systems in order to get the apps. Usually like it helped obfuscate viruses. Um, the operating systems they were coming out with were actually also very efficient. Um, they worked on older computers or less powerful computers, which allowed them to be sold cheaper. Uh, Google Chrome uh, or the Chrome books was a good example of like a very lightweight operating system uh, that ended up being cheaper. So the response by Microsoft was Windows 8, which essentially redid the entire way Windows worked into those box kind of systems where the start menu was just a, a giant box system. Mm -hmm. And uh, this and Windows, Microsoft is very horrible at actually telling people what Windows 8 was. When people saw that box system, they just were shut off to it altogether. And then they, uh, and because that's what they thought it was, because also at the same time, there was two different versions of Windows 8. Uh, there was a Windows 8S, I think it was, and then there was the Windows 8. Windows 8 essentially worked mostly as a normal Windows computer, but with the start menu being that box system and with a, a new settings and stuff like that. Windows 8S was entirely those apps and you can only get the uh those apps from the windows app store is a very locked down system hmm. um and it, it very much like how ipad is like you can't get any other apps outside of from the app store that's what they were trying to do with windows 8s but people just assumed that that was all windows 8 was where it was very locked in you couldn't do anything but that uh, but with windows 8 allowed it to and uh, which wasn't the case. They still had like Windows 8, um, the regular Windows 8, where you could install programs just like normal and you can do everything like normal. It, but uh, instead of the desktop being like the main thing, it was the start menu is like the main thing. Everybody hated it. Uh, it was also pretty buggy. The Windows Store was terrible. It had no apps on there and it was not a good system. And like, there's all sorts of problems with it. Um, nobody wanted to transition to it because it didn't work with their current systems. Like, because it was already a pretty big jump. Because not only did they change the way the operating system worked, they changed the fundamentals of the operating system on how it installs, how it uh, interacts with the motherboard and the hard drives and everything like that. Um, then it comes Windows 10 where it goes kind of more back to the Windows 7 style, but takes like the best features of Windows 8 and adds them all together. And that's what you got now. And people were very skeptical after Windows 8 and they just skipped Windows 9. Um, it just went, and Windows is now saying, or when they came out with Windows 10, they said that this will be the last operating system. They are just going to upgrade this operating system from here on. Hmm. And so what they, it, um, so now you'll start seeing more and more people with Windows 10 um, and they're losing support of Windows 7. They're dropping support on Windows 7. So Windows 8 has already like lost support essentially. It's just 
Okay. So, when you say this is the last full OS that's coming out, do people have, they have to buy like a product key or license for that operating system? So from now on, if you have Windows 10, you'll have this the key. It continues to be Windows. It's 10. just that yeah. they'll keep updating it yes. via internet, I assume. Yeah. And then you just do the accepting update. Yeah. So um, Windows 10 came out. It was actually a pretty stable, uh, pretty lightweight operating system. It was, I think, even uh, less memory taken up than uh, uh, for the operating system than even Windows 7 had. Um, it was like you just upgrading to Windows 10, you instantly got more space on your hard drive. Um, it's used about the same amount of memory. It's about three to four, uh, about three gigs of memory, two to three gigs of memory um, to use the system. So it was kind of a bit of a bug on the memory, but no worse than most any other operating system outside of Chrome OS that's super lightweight. Um, so when they upgraded to Windows 10, they're, they're trying to make that the standard now. And back to what we were going, getting at, mm -hmm. which was, let me just double check this. Oh, um, the, we were getting at like Windows upgrading their new systems and they have a bunch of new features in Windows 10 that allowed, like that just kind of modernized it for the, how the world works today. Uh, I've been using that. When so back to the original story that I was going for, when I was when I was using the new uh, Edge browser that they they came out with, I, I there was a feature that I thought was pretty cool of switching between your phone and your computer on the website. You mentioned this. Go on. Well, literally just a few days after we talked about that, Chrome updated their browser to so that now when you click on a on the Chrome. Um, the the address bar you'll see like a little uh computer phone off to the little right hand side like on my end. phone i could do this yeah. okay keep talking and you can send it to your computer and uh it was actually not there you have to click in the address bar oh oh in and, the typey bar uh we don't want to search though we want to why does it do that? Why is it when it click on the thing? You can't do it on the phone? Uh, is this in Chrome? Yes. Uh -huh. As soon as you click in the uh, typing box at the top, it immediately like removes the text that is there, it looks like, on the phone. And um, I'd have to double check on the phone. But on the computer version of it, at least, they... Have, uh, you can send it to your phone Chrome browser. Oh, maybe you also don't have a computer linked to your browser. Oh, so that could be. So maybe once you have them linked, it's yeah. pretty easy to just throw. Yeah, back and forth between them. And uh, I, th I thought that was cool when on Edge, and then literally a few days later. And so I'm not saying that you know Google's listening to our podcast and they're <laughs> just on top of it, but clearly they had a lot of time. To do it before it's, then but it was just happened to be a few days after we announced it <laughs> the convenience is it. nice yeah but 
Edge still has that draw feature, which is really cool. Chrome. <laughs> Chrome team. So, uh, that, yeah. Throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. If we could draw. Uh, also, we talked about Apple the other week where they have the Apple Arcade. And I learned that um, at the Play Store actually has a very similar thing. Mm -hmm. That's I didn't called know Google the Google Play Store had that. What's yeah, it called? Google Play Pass. Oh. Google Play Music. Google Play Videos. Google Play. Yeah, Pass. Google Play Pass. I think it, it's three bucks a month, and you get like uh, a bunch of apps that you can just download and use, and that's guaranteed no microtransactions, no um, any anything else. So just no loot. Um, no gambling. Uh, no loot boxes. I I don't know if they have any gambling specific games, but I don't think so. Like, okay. it's just literally these are kind of apps that have no other side things but the app themselves. And I don't think it's limited to just games though on the Google Play Pass. Like the okay. Google or the Apple Arcade was is limited to just games. I think this is just you know whoever wants to be part of this Google Play Pass, you get access to their apps. And uh, that's it for today. Hope uh, you guys enjoyed. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I did. <laughs> Hopefully. Any, uh, anyone else out there? Be sure uh, if well. you're on Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, if you're on Google, <laughs> not YouTube, YouTube, that's what it is, to like and subscribe. And uh, definitely if you are on any of the podcast sites, Apple, Google, subscribe. Uh, we uh, do these weekly. Have a great day. Bye.